Are you sure those two kids came out of those parents? That's an attractive couple. That one looks like it came out of them, but the other one looks like a butt baby. A butt baby. Yeah, my older brother told me there's two types of babies. One that comes out normal, and then butt babies. Worse in every way, they come out of a woman's butt. And by the force of a frosty to the face, welcome into the fourth mother box. Ladies and gentlemen, today on January the 23rd, we are back better than ever ready to mow down your opinions and what you think of. Uh, we're here to give you a little earworm of something different. I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. You know, it's 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 been a crazy week. I can't believe January is almost over, but let me introduce the two fools that you're listening to today. My name is Tom Mokri. Thank you very much. Welcome into the fourth mother box. I am joined, as always, by my cohort, um, who's uh, joined at Jedi Talk. We talk about him a lot. He doesn't believe the less Jedi is canon, but he's wrong. Uh, friend for over 20 years, Kyle Cosentino. Kyle, how the hell are you? I'm doing pretty good. I have to ask, uh, with that introduction, did you forget for a slight second which podcast you were doing? Maybe, maybe. Um, I wanted to uh, uh, toss something in front of it a little bit before I did welcome into the fourth mother box, but who the hell knows? You know, we're we're just running with it, man. Alrighty. Well, uh, yeah, we're doing good over here in Chicago. We got a, a fuck ton of snow last night, so that's always fun. And, um, you know, I, I need the, the summer. Maybe I just need to come back to Florida. I don't know. There what you, do you go. Think about that. I do think you need to come back to Florida. We need to do another fourth mother talk. Speaking of podcasts, you need to come out to, in the Orlando area. And of course, you know, visit Disney. We've got the festival of arts going on right now at Epcot. Um, a pretty spectacular, uh, festival of arts. I've never been to the farts before. That's what I like to call it. The farts. And then I was here, just going to say, Hey, it's yeah. a festival of farts, the festival of the farts. Um, you know, artists, local artists from around the states and possibly world. I don't know that in depth, but they've come out. Um, we bought two prints yesterday, a pretty awesome one of Batu at night. And I got to thank Brad Hughes from Jedi talk, my co-host over there for pointing it out to me buying that. And then we saw an awesome Donald and Daisy one that we bought too. So, and of course with every Epcot festival comes food and there's food up the ass at Epcot at booths all across the world showcase. Um, I tried wild boar yesterday for the first time. That was pretty interesting. Didn't suck. Where was that from? Um, it was in the Germany pavilion. I was going to say, I'm thinking Germany or maybe even Norway. I don't know. Yeah. Norway did, doesn't, or it didn't have any boots in front of it, but for the fest, for, for the farts, I should say, uh, the, uh, Germany booth had some wild or the booth outside of Germany had wild boar. I, I, I don't know if they're country specific for the farts. I know they are for food and wine. So, but anyway, this is this is what a French fart smells like. This is what a <laughs> German fart smells like. <laughs> and you're buying uh, paintings of people of, of like famous people taking like farting and stuff. Like here's Mickey farting on Donald, and here's Goofy farting on Minnie after she stole his beignet. It would only Festival make sense. Of the farts. Yeah, it would only make sense. 
Yeah. Yeah. You got to come down here. Absolutely. You need to come down here now. I, I know you were just out in October, but screw that nonsense. Get out here now. Get out of the Chicago winter shit storm uh, and all that. But I, I, I do need to make mention. We were talking about which podcast I was starting here and what, um, you know, you know, jumping around from fourth mother box and Jedi talk. And just recently me being on the Scott Ford show, Scott Ford, a good, a great buddy of the fourth mother box. He has his own YouTube show. Please go take a listen, take a watch if you haven't done so already. Listen to us rave about him. We are setting something up with Scott in the very near future. We're targeting the first week of March to be able to do a live podcast with him. So a collaboration of the fourth mother box and the Scott Ford show. We'll talk a bunch of nerdy shit. We'll get to plug his show a bit. And um, the Batman will be out and about uh, around that time. And Kyle and I and my wife are securing tickets very soon. Those things should be going on sale any minute now, man. I would have to think. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you, you can you can make sure that I will get them. I can't wait. And I know you'll be right on top of that because this is the movie of 2022. And um, maybe of the decade. We, uh, it could be. It absolutely could be. You know, right now, Spider-Man No Way Home holds that holds that title. Um, and it, it'll be tough to knock that off. But if anybody can do it, it's going to be the Batman. So I mean, and we haven't had a, a full like a a feature length solo Batman film in 10 years. 10 years since the Dark Knight Rises. 2012 was Dark Knight Rises. That's right. Wow. Wow. Interesting. It's a shame. It's a shame. We should have had, <laughs> we should have had a bad. We should have had a Bat Batfleck movie. Oh, we absolutely should have had a Batfleck movie. And I'm gonna we're gonna start the show off hot today because you mentioned Batfleck, and I I would be remiss if I just didn't address this fucking idiot and the reason why Justice League. I mean, on top of Warner Brothers and the reason why Ben Affleck didn't want to come back and play Batman, the reason why we were given. Um, shit on a platter and told to like it and smile and grin. Of course, I'm talking about Justice League from 2017. And Joss Whedon decided to poke his head back into the news today and defend himself. Or not not today. It's like this this past week, he, he did some interview with some hacky-ass uh, journalist who's apparently I've read is really up his ass. So And boy, oh boy, you didn't think Joss Whedon could have dug himself a bigger hole? He most certainly did. So he was already, you know, in trouble and in hot water for being a sexist and a racist and just an overall shitty human being for treating Ray Fisher, Gal Gadot, Ben Affleck, people who were in the crew on, on the Justice League movie back in 2016, 17, treating them like shit. And there was multiple upon multiple reports. Obviously, we eventually got the Snyder cut and we're good to go. But I am bringing back Ginger Snaps today to talk directly to you mr joss whedon so let us go ginger snaps has returned and its first additional edition we're starting off strong of 2022 so in november of 2017 we were finally graced with my all-time favorite superhero group on the big screen for the first time ever the justice league superman batman wonder woman cyborg the flash and aquaman i was even fucking stoked for aquaman because snyder was making jason momoa look like a fucking badass kyle Cosentino, my co-host on the fourth mother box. It was even in town in Phoenix for the occasion. We sat down at studio movie girl, ready to rock the opening scene of justice league, which rolled the credits uh, in which I've dubbed the everybody knows scene 
Now, that scene felt very much like a Zack Snyder type scene to me. So I discarded the scene before that, which which showed a very odd looking Superman um, talking to two crotch goblins about fighting a hippo. You know, I was clearly blinded by my 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 heroes before the movie started, but that everybody knows scene was it felt right. I'm like, you know, after the stupid hippo scene with the horribly CGI mustache, um, can uh, Henry Cavill, but but we move forward. So as the post nut clarity wore off, I started to realize that this movie was just off. The first trailer we got for justice league had a much different tone and showed some scenes that were never, ever in the final cut for the movie that Kyle Courtney and I saw that fateful night on November of 2017. I was starting to get the feeling in the pit of my stomach. I could really not go back and watch it that often, which was never the case for me when it came to Batman versus Superman or man of steel. This and I came to the conclusion it was not a Zack Snyder movie. This was not done by my favorite director. Things were barely in slow motion. It wasn't dark enough. I mean, Superman was dead for God's sake, and it was all over the place. Then the news serviced about these extensive reshoots, Warner Brothers' overhaul of the entire cut to appease the masses and their own egos that were inflated for nonsense because they were so far removed from who these characters actually are. One name flew to the top of that list, and that's Joss fucking Whedon. I knew about the reshoots and Joss coming in to help finish the movie because Zach, unfortunately, had to exit for personal heavy reasons with his family and the suicide of his daughter. But never mind the tragic personal tragedy that the architect of this visually stunning and perfect world for DC characters. Never mind that, said Joss Whedon. He took perfection and turned it into an expired pudding cup. So then this week, as this is where it goes way over the top. Joss responded to his criticism finally after almost five years. The Justice League actors, especially Ray, Cyborg, uh, Ray Fisher, who played Cyborg, were out and about and were telling anybody who would listen about the treatment they received from Whedon on set. Not only was he racist and sexist, he just didn't care, and he let Justice thing be a thing, or Justice League be a thing. Buffy the Vampire Slayer, okay, Whedon, was uninteresting and crap, but I guess I shouldn't have expected much more from the director of Age of Ultron, my least favorite Avengers movie. Snyder literally gave you the blueprint. Just finish what he started, you inept bridge troll. Whedon's responses to the criticism make him look even more of an asshole, and I didn't think that was possible. He had the audacity to say that Gal Gadot's understanding of the English language was the reason she thought he was being hostile. Are you fucking insane, Whedon? What, was she not American enough for you? You fucking, like, racist piece of shit. You poor excuse for a ginger. Yep, I'm calling that out. This is Miss Israel 2004. Her grandfather was imprisoned in Auschwitz and survived the Holocaust. At 20, she started her mandatory two years of military service as a combat fitness instructor for Israel. Something that if America made you do, Whedon, you would have died when, when you realized you couldn't eat donuts 24-7. She's way more American than you wish to ever be. While she was breaking barriers and living her own life, you were in your mom's basement eating Funyuns, drinking Jameson Irish whiskey as a personality, and you were drawing penises on the woman in Blacktail magazine. And how the hell do you have the audacity to call Ray, Fish, Ray Fisher a bad actor? If there's anything that Zack Snyder's Justice League showed us, it's that Ray Fisher's cyborg was the heart of the film, and you ripped it right out of Snyder's cut like your virginity was ripped away from you from birth of the rotund escort. I'm literally flabbergasted at how you landed the job in Hollywood. I haven't seen anyone come out to defend you with any credible evidence. My, less, my left ass cheek is more of a feminist than you claim to be. Sabrina the Teenage Witch was more interesting than anything you took out of your button fluid 
TV. And don't get me started on you constantly sticking your fat diabetic foot in your mouth about politics. After you endorsed Obama in 2012, you were quoted for saying the following about Mitt Romney. Romney is ready to make the deep rollbacks in healthcare, education, social services, and reproductive rights that will guarantee poverty, unemployment, overpopulation, disease, and rioting. All crucial elements in creating a nightmare zombie wasteland. So think about what you said there, Whedon. Now, we all know Romney blew any chance he had at 2012 after Hurricane Sandy and Chris Christie the Hutt dug a hole even deeper for Romney. But he's he was a terrible choice, you know, anyway. But we're here 10 years later, and everything you said you were scared about happening under somebody who wasn't elected as president pretty much happened under people you've supported. I mean, for God's sake, you wanted Elizabeth Warren to run for, run for president. She can't even get her heritage straight, let alone a country. Do we not have more poverty, more mass unemployment, disease for the past two years, and we've had lots of rioting? Huh? Whedon? Okay. I'm flabbergasted you were able to put a coherent thought together to direct the Avengers. I'm really flabbergasted that you did something as well as Avengers 2012. I assume that the single cell in your brain is close to dying because it was only able to attach itself to a 30-year-old Drake's coffee cake that you got out of the Honda dealership's vending machine. You look like what I assume keyboard warriors on Reddit look like. You're sliding into women's DMs saying you'll rock their world while you can barely rock in a rocking chair because you broke it as you sat on it. You're excommunicated from the ginger community. No option to return. I demand that you find some just for men gel and fix your wrongly placed gingerness. We are a proud and privileged people and you're a poor and demented butt sniffer. Stay far away from my comic books. Go back into the can frosting covered hole you call home and never return. Thank God for the Zack Snyder fans who rallied to get the Snyder cut out. So Justice League become canceled, just like your career. Take your ball, take your low center of gravity, take your plush doll of Barney the Dinosaur, and take your entitled ass far away from this earth. So fuck off, Joss Whedon. And there you go, Kyle. There's Ginger Snaps is back and better than ever. Jeez. I think we could end the show right there. <laughs> <laughs> I had to I had to come strong. I had to come strong at Whedon. What do you uh, think well, about all this? Did you read the article? Uh, well, let me just say that you, your ginger snaps definitely, definitely delivered. Um, he deserved every, every piece of what you just gave him. So good, good Thank on you. you for that. Uh, you know, I've read, I've kept up to the, with this. And I think sometimes like, you know, when you read this stuff with uh, feuds between celebrities and in Hollywood and all this other stuff, it's sometimes it's difficult to know which one to believe. But I feel like this one, it's very apparent on who the asshole is. I mean, I, I just feel like there's there's more than one person saying it. He's kind of screwed like like um, well, I don't think we've ever really heard from. What Ezra Miller or Henry Cavill had to say about it, but. I think even Jason Momoa came out against him as well, I believe. Um, but it's just, yeah, it's just a real shame because like they, I mean, and I come back to WB too, kind of blaming them. Like, why would you put this piece of shit asshole at the helm of justice league, which is probably going to, would have been your tent pole franchise if you hadn't fucked it up. I mean, for Christ's sake, Zack Snyder lost his daughter to suicide of all things. And, and I can tell you with working with people, that's, that's a very long and very, very difficult road. I'm not sure if there's anything more difficult than that really. And so again, like just complete fuck up. We would have had a future with the, with the justice league. 
I mean, maybe we still do. That's that remains to be seen, but we sure know that we won't be seeing Ben Affleck as Batman. And God help me if they put in Supergirl and and Batgirl in placement of Superman and Batgirl or uh, Superman and Batman. That would just be the worst fucking decision ever. It's like they just they're just like if they do that, it's just kind of like they're saying we want this franchise to fail. I mean, has that done really done that well in the CWs? The CW is god awful. God awful. I just I just saw an article, maybe it was yesterday, that said the CW has never been pop uh, profitable despite its, you know, popularity in shows. And I'm like, I'm not surprised. I mean, I'm not surprised. It you know, it started strong. And I have to keep saying this just because it's so angry and that it needs to be keep it, it needs to keep being said. It started off really strong. It started off amazing. You watch the first couple seasons of Arrow. What great writing. What great. What a great show. Then it just like took a left turn. And then they just said, you know what? We're going to use this formula and we're just going to keep recycling it time and time again until there's like three people watching these shows. And I I don't know. I I feel like even those three people watching these shows are getting paid to watch those shows. There's (laughs) only one. There's only one exception. And we could definitely talk about that today. I wish Scott Scott Ford. Uh, was on today because it would have been cool to hear what he had to say about the Superman and Lois show. And, you know, again, like I kind of put off the first two episodes. Um, and then when I watched them, I was like, wow, I'm pleasantly surprised. Like this is actually consistently good. Like I, I wasn't sure because, you know, it's the CW and everything. Uh, but it's actually pretty good. And we might actually get a really interesting villain, uh, a very prominent DC villain in this in this season. So I'm, I'm actually pretty excited uh, for that, but back to Joss Whedon, what bullshit? I mean, you singly handled singly, single handedly probably is the main reason Ben Affleck is no longer Batman. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I, you know what, whether you love bat Ben Affleck as Batman or hate him, I, I always feel like it's good to finish what you start. And he really never even got to start because we never got a solo film. We never really got to learn more about this this particular Batman. And everybody could say, well, we already know his story. But that's not every superhero that comes to the screen. They always kind of write them a bit differently. So they, you don't really understand his full motivations or his history. It's like he had 20 years in Gotham before he got to Batman versus Superman. Let's let's hear more about that. Let's see more of the dynamic between Alfred you know, Jeremy Irons, Alfred and Ben Affleck's Batman. I, I thought that was a good dynamic. There's so much more to explore here. And God help me if they get rid of Henry Cavill as Superman. God help me. As far as I'm concerned, it's been 10 years since we've gotten a solo movie from Henry Cavill's Superman, which is just bullshit. Just bullshit. I mean, how fucked up are they at WB? When are they moving over to uh, Discovery? It's it's all like in the works. I don't know if it's official yet, but these top executives should be taking place any any moment now. Um, I'd love to see that change happen quite quite soon. Um, and and everything you said, you nailed it right on the head. Right, Warner Brothers is is the the villain here. Warner Brothers are are, are going to it's going to be the one to kill my favorite DC characters. And we'll get into what you mentioned because I want to officially on the air for the both of us to make these statements and talk about how we do not want the DC extended universe to go the way of what these rumors are stating. But you're right. Whedon's fault, 
for Affleck never returning as Batfleck. You, um, we were supposed to get. Don't forget, this solo Batman film was supposed to be directed, written, and starring by Ben Affleck. Now, nothing against Matt Reeves, nothing against Robert Pattinson. I very much cannot wait for that movie because it looks absolutely tremendous. And we're going to be talking about that in a second, um, uh, about the runtime and specifically a clip that was released. Uh, but anyway, back to this. So, and since then, you know, Affleck, you know, dropped out of directing and, and sounds like writing the movie and he was still on as Batman when Matt Reeves was hired because I remember I'll, I'll never forget Affleck tweeted uh, that he was excited to have Reeves on to join the film and then after that Affleck just dropped out you know he was having some personal problems and what we didn't know you know the shit that he dealt with on the Justice League set that eventually pushed him out now we know we're getting Affleck back as the Flash or, or as Batman in the Flash, I should say, later this year in 2022, if DC Warner Brothers doesn't push that back, knock on wood. But um, we're getting that late in the year. And uh, he did film some additional scenes as Bruce Wayne in Zack Snyder's Justice League. So Snyder was able to get him back to reprise the role. You know, we're going to get him in the Flash, albeit let's see what type of role. And Affleck has stated on the record that he's actually enjoyed do you know the the role that he played as batman in the flash and he feels like it you know if they use what he did he feels like it's a great representation of the character and he had a lot of fun with it but warner brothers is trying to kill these characters in the name of wokeness in the name of you just clamoring on to what they think is popular right now and i have no idea why I think they're looking to get ahead of the trend. They're obviously battling Marvel. And in the grand scheme of things, you know, I try to think like, does DC or does Warner Brothers really care how successful Disney and Marvel are with their films? I mean, obviously their films always make other comic book films better. Um, but I don't see any competition for the MCU right now that DC's popping out except for the Batman, obviously. But next to that, you're, you're, combined universe that includes all these characters together in different worlds you're just you know you fumbled along because you're you you didn't like how Zack Snyder took dark characters and gave them dark themes so the Warner Brothers being the villain here and what you were alluding to earlier Kyle with the flash in 2022 at end of this year this is essentially going to be DC's no way home right uh the flash we're, we're, we're all very familiar with the flashpoint paradox storyline how he can travel through time, how he goes back in time, saves his mother, things are different. We know Michael Keaton's in the movie. He has a variant of Batman with no Affleck's in it. I think Bale's going to reprise a role. I think we're going to get some surprises. So that, with all that being said, there's some strong rumors that came out from some somewhat reputable people that are pretty much flying all over the place that I haven't seen a single person happy about yet. And we've mentioned those rumors a little bit, but I want to just officially say before I talk about that you know dc warner brothers if this is the route you decide to go with your movies i 100 percent will be done after the flash i'm going to see black adam i'm going to see the flash i'm going to see the second shazam because those are characters connected to movies that i've enjoyed and i think are great you know i've been looking forward to black adam what feels like 13 years you know we've said it before the rock was cast as black adam before iron man even released and was filmed so he's been the longest you know, running joke and character for the longest time. We're finally to get that movie, but you want to wipe out what Zack Snyder built in the Flash's movie. That 
that's that's fine. That's 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 one thing. I could almost live with that. Okay, I could. I could almost live with that. But then, you're going to cut the nut. You're you're going to basically cut the. I was going to say nuts, but you're going to cut the heart. You're going to cut the nuts. You're going to cut the core of the Justice League, basically by two thirds, and take Superman away and Batman away. You're going to leave Wonder Woman. You're going to leave Aquaman. You're going to leave the Flash, played by their current characters, Ezra Miller, Jason Momoa, and Gal Gadot. Okay, but what you're rumored to be doing is putting the new Supergirl that we're being introduced to in the Flash um, as the Superman replacement. They're going to take Batgirl, Leslie Grace's Batgirl, who we just saw costume reveal, and we're going to get to that in a second. Uh, And then uh, who else, Kyle? Who else were they going to plug in there? I think Black Canary, I heard, was going to be part of the Justice League. Like, she's getting... She's up. getting she's getting her spinoff. She's getting a spinoff film, and it's the same chick who played in Birds of Prey. And I, I'm just going to go out and say, like, do we really need this? Like, uh, do we? I'm fine. I like Black Canary. I like the character. It's Juicy Smollett's sister playing playing the role. I'm I'm fine with that. I just don't want her in the Justice League right now. Like like holy shit! Like all we've got from the Justice League is at least for me is the Snyder cut. Right. And there's so much more potential here. There's there's so much more that can be done. And then you're just going to cut out everything that was you, you invested money Warner Brothers into that you gave time that you saw the craving and the want for the Snyder Cut to be released. And you gave in and you put it on HBO Max. Like, why can't the world that you apparently want to see and the audience that you want to grab exist while the Snyderverse exists? Right. There are multiverses in comic books. I, I, I don't understand getting rid of something that people ru- truly want to see and be brought into the mainstream, into the main light, especially after Snyder got praise from his colleagues and praise from just the general audience about his four-hour cut of the Justice League movie that never saw the light of day until almost a year ago last March. So, And I'm telling you, I've never been like this. Is, but if DC, if you're going to take your extended universe with my favorite characters and call them the Justice League, and that just won't be the Justice League to me, and I'm going to make my decision as a paying customer and just not see it. I'm I'm not going to support it. I can't. You, you know what? And I was just thinking about this. Well, like, you know, Jay, people like Jason Momoa and uh, Gal Gadot is Wonder Woman and Ezra Miller is The Flash. They all like them. I don't think they can... I don't think they can carry the Justice League by themselves because let's face it, n- not many people are that interested in in Batgirl or Black Canary um, or even Supergirl for that matter. I mean, I don't think it's something that's like, I don't think it's something, I don't think it's a good chemistry. I don't think it's a good matchup. You, you need to have a blend of different personalities to make this work. And I'm not saying that you can't put them in there, but, God, when you take away, people want to see Batman and Superman. Let's face it. Those are the two that people want to see. When you take them out of the equation, it's it's just not going to, it's not going to go well. People are going to be pissed. People are going to be real pissed. I'm not, not saying that back, um, you know, Batgirl won't be good because I think it actually, it has potential to be really good. I'm just saying it's like, this is, it, it's not, you don't just like go from Batgirl starting out and ascend to the Justice League right away. Like that's that shit is fucking earned. You know what I mean? 
And without Batman or Superman in there, I don't see that transition going really well. You know what I mean? Like, they just remove Batman and Superman. Like, how does Batgirl play into this? Unless they kill off Ben Affleck, which is a very strong possibility that that, that will happen. Um, which, I don't know, that, that to me, that would just be that's just fucking stupid. Um, now, if they wanted to make a successful Justice League, they could do something to the effect of, what I might be happy with would be to incorporate Michael Keaton's Batman in there. That would be acceptable to me. Uh, or even Robert Pattinson's Batman. I mean, I know Matt Reeves said that this is it's it's his own universe, but I feel like in today and what Spider-Man No Way Home has showed us that nothing's really hands off anymore. So WB You're needs right. to do this. WB needs to do this right. And and back to my thoughts about Black Canary and not being really interested. I just feel like the CW's Black Canary kind of ruined it because they had like two or three Black Canaries, I forget, on there. And it just like the story got really old really fast. And then you see like they, they wanted to do like a spinoff show with bla- like the two Black Canaries and the new Green Arrow, which was... Oliver Queen's daughter, and then it got canceled right away. Like people, while they're not bad characters, people don't want to see it. People really don't. Like I, I don't think it's, it makes sense. Um, again, there? there's a, Kyle. You there? Yeah, I'm here. Hold on, Kyle. Damn it! If you people could hear this, sorry, we're having testicle difficulties. Reconnecting. There's a poor network connection. No, there's not. I could see the connection clear as day. It is connected. We have the internet. I have the internet on my phone. What the hell is going on? Oh, this is awful. Wow. Hey, we're going so well too. Yep, my internet's in full so blast. Well full blast over here. So, people, if you can't hear me, sorry about this. As we move it along, Kyle must have uh, stepped on one of his hamsters running around his basement there. Um, it says we're completely what? connected to one. He's there with the Internet, and that shit's going to happen. But, Kyle, I think we cut off. You were talking about Black Canary, and I, I heard you talking about the canceled like Arrowverse series that I'm glad they canceled it because it sounded awful. Um, it, yeah. The, the, the Black Canary nonsense in Arrow, I I never liked it. I never liked that character. I think uh, Juicy Smollett's sister does a much better job. I don't know. I just, it kind of left a bad taste in my mouth, the CW uh, Arrowverse or the CWverse, whatever the fuck they call it. And not only that, I did not, you know, I did not like Birds of Prey. Like, Birds right. of Prey was just god-awful, in in my opinion. I mean, I don't know why it was god-awful, because they had a good cast in there, uh, but it just, it it fell really flat. I mean, um, so it doesn't make me hopeful for, like, a Black Canary series, or, like, I don't know, I'm more interested, actually, in Batgirl. I think that's going to be interesting. And I know we saw what the suit looked like, and at first we were all like, this looks fucking terrible. But then, like, the directors posted, like, some meme that said, like, it's not it's not the final version, which makes sense because 
why would you make like such a big film like this and make a really shitty costume? Like I, you know what they should have done? They should have like posted under it the like prototype prototype suit or something that would have made more sense because people were really pissed when they saw that picture. They're like, this looks fucking terrible. <laughs> it, it didn't look good. It, you know, it's, it's going to be an HBO max movie, right? Starring Leslie Grace. It's going to be a big, big production. They're going to put a lot of, a lot behind it. And you're, you know, even Brendan Fraser is going to play Firefly. And then it looks like she bought it at party city and then like glued some Velcro to it just to make it connect in the front. And I get it. You're, you're starting out, as a superhero, um, maybe she doesn't, maybe, you know, she doesn't want to tell Batman or she's not getting help from Batman yet. Um, she doesn't have the tech yet. She's inspired or maybe, by that. Or maybe she, she assumes the mantle because Batman, Ben Affleck dies and she's, I, I could see that storyline happening. Something's going to happen to Ben Affleck's Batman in the flash. Like we, you know, it's going to happen. I know. I know. I've, I've, I've said it a while ago and I've, I've thought to myself, it's, not a good look, but hey, it is what it is. But um, you know that it's, that yeah, go ahead. I was just to say that's probably gonna piss me the fuck off. I know, mm -hmm. I just know it. Mm -hmm. It's gonna piss me off too. He's he's been my favorite Batman, and and I'll I'll scream at the top of my lungs and I'll tell everybody when when he got cast as Batman for Snyder's Batman vs Superman, and eventually Justice League. At first, I did not like that casting. Uh, I didn't, but I I sat down. I really thought about it. I I researched his acting career a little bit better than what I already knew, and I became okay with it and became really excited. And then in turn, now he's my favorite version of Batman that I've seen on screen on the big movies. So Warner Brothers, you're gonna hear it right from your favorite podcast, the Fourth Mother Box. Please, 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 please stay far away from the idea. I. I hope this was an intended rumor that you leaked to get a reaction from the internet on. And the reaction that you got is the one you deserve. Okay. Learn from your mistakes or you're going to lose money. It's as simple as that. And that's all I've got left to say about that because there are better things out there right now. There are really good things going on. Um, and we'll, we'll, Go on to the flip side of what you and I are heavily invested in for DC coming on the big screen, which is the Batman directed by Matt Reeves, starring Robert Pattinson, Batman's second year. Um, so now uh, two things about the Batman I want to talk. Uh, it's come out. The news has reported that the runtime for this movie is about three hours. I'm, I'm ready for it. I don't care if I have to strap a bag to my leg to, to pee, but but let's go. Let's go. I, I'm ready for three hours of Batman. I won't I won't have any fluid like I'm going to make sure that I don't have any fluid for like hours before that. It's it's just going to happen. Well, then the other part of it, too, is like it's not like I'm not going to go see it again. Like it's it's I'm going to see it. I'm going to see it twice. Like it just maybe even three times. I thought about seeing <laughs> Spider-Man No Way Home three times. I mean, it makes sense. It's a great fucking film. And you're absolutely right. The other the other thing with the Batman and maybe this is your second point is that they released one of the soundtrack, like um, part of the soundtrack, like the theme song. And mm -hmm. I've got to say, I've got to say, like this song is just been in my head for like for ever since I heard it. Every time they come out with a Batman movie, they just they just do the fucking theme so well. Cause, and I'm usually very protective of Batman. But every time it's like we think about, you know, the old school, not the like the Adam West one. But I mean, that's. 
that's more campy and cheesy, so it has its place in our culture. People know it. Um, you really can't say that about any other Marvel um, Marvel character, really, other than Spider-Man, but it sticks out. Same thing with Superman. I mean, some iconic theme. And the Bat and Batman too is like then we got um then it transitioned into Christopher Nolan's theme, which I think was Hans Zimmer who who scored that film. Again, a fucking great epic theme. Just perfect. Just it perfectly accentuates those films and every part of it. Just like, you know, when perfect example is when God, there's so many perfect examples in those films, but the one that comes to mind is when Batman comes back in the Dark Knight Rises and like he's chasing after Bane and like the lights go out and you just hear, oh my God, it just fuck it's so perfect. Um, and, and again, here we are at 2022 new Batman film. We got a great, great fucking theme. And let me say too, that I love the Man of Steel theme too. Epic. Perfect. They always do this right, and I'm so thankful for that. You can't have a good movie without good music backing it. It's absolutely right. Um, that actually wasn't going to be the point I was going to make, and, I, and I'm glad you brought it up, and I, and I figured you would, because it the, that theme is excellent. Uh, it's it's. I remember hearing snippets of it in the trailers that they released uh, for the Batman, especially the second trailer, and just being obsessed with the actual theme song, you know. A Beautiful you know, Life from Batman vs. Superman. Oh, my um, God. Why did I forget that? Jesus. Yeah. That yeah, was, it goes, like, goes all fucking amazing. It. And can you imagine, like, some of the great films in history without their theme song? I mean, whenever you hear the Star Wars song, whether you like this film franchise or not, that fucking gives you chills in the in your, to your, like, your spine. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can't tell me that you, you don't feel that. And just such a perfect, perfect fucking theme song every and that's star wars has a few perfect theme songs in that in that film so um just amazing i always love that i'm so happy about that go ahead and make your other point oh i was gonna say jurassic park too you know that oh, yeah. that, that iconic theme song as the gates open but did you see the clip the official clip that they released for the batman yet like it was like an actual clip from the movie they released Maybe what's what's the clip? What uh, what is the clip about? Bruce Wayne's in a in a he's he's at a funeral and the guy in the car crashes through. I'll have to I'll have to watch this. Okay, watch okay. This. Watch it and and let me know what you think because I I have a prediction about that scene that I think where he's at and I won't say anything on or uh, I don't want to spoil it. anything. No, oh, no, say it. Say so it. so they're they're at a funeral right and Bruce is there. He's very brooding and we've seen this picture of him and it's been in the trailer he's in his you know black jacket white shirt ties he looks like he didn't sleep and he's talking to this woman as he's walking up the 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 hallway or i'm sorry the uh, the aisle in the church because there it's a, everybody's dressed in black it's clear as day they're in a funeral jim gordon's there he's he's talking to a police officer um and then bruce is looking at a child who's sitting like in the front row and his head's down. Um, and the banner from what I was able to make out, there were like two wreaths and I swear to God, it said beloved mother and father. So the first thing I thought of is like, Oh my God, he's at Dick Grayson's parents funeral. Um, which I, it just blows my mind even more for what they're, they might be doing with this trilogy of Batman films. Um, and then a car crashes through, um, 
the the guy gets out. He's got a bomb strapped to his neck, and he's got a phone or an iPhone attached to his hand that's calling. And on the guy's body, with the guy who's bombed, is like a note that says "to the Batman" or "to Batman," something like that. And that's where it ends. So, what's your prediction? My well, my prediction that he's at like Dick Grayson's parents' funeral, like that, that, oh. that we're going to that we're going to meet Dick Grayson for the first time in that in that film. Um, you know, I I wonder why he's there. Um, I'm sure there'll be a connection, but. At least it points to that. I mean, it, this could just be a, a another kid who had his parents gunned down in Gotham, and Bruce was showing up because he had the same thing happen to him. It could be something something as simple as that. But I I, I just thought it could have been a, a young Dick Grayson that he eventually meets and takes in as his ward because he saves the kid from the car um, in the clip too. I forgot to mention that the car comes bailing through the church, and Bruce dives and and runs after the kid and, and kind of like saves him. A la what Ben Affleck did to the little girl in Batman vs Superman as he saved her from the falling building. So, yeah, take a look when you get a chance. It it, I, it really didn't ruin anything. I kind of hope that it's not Dick Grayson, um, because I don't, I don't. At least when I look at the tone of this film, it is so fucking dark. And with Robin attached to it, Robin just kind of makes it a little campy. You know what I mean? Like, I don't like when Robin is in the picture. Nightwing is a different story. But when we're talking about young Robin, like little kid Robin, it just, I don't know if that translates well. And it's like, think of it this way. It's like, um, do you remember, like, do you remember Laura Croft? Like, you, the yeah. movie? Mm-hmm. I like. I liked it. I thought it was, it was, you know, I think it could have added more from the games, but... Um, I thought it was pretty good, but Alicia Vikander, who plays Laura Croft, she's really tiny and she worked out like profusely. I read about that, but like she's taken down these big muscular dudes and I'm like, it just doesn't translate well. It just doesn't make sense to me. Just like a young Robin, like a little kid taking down big muscular dudes would, would not make sense. Like it just doesn't like if you had. Uh, Ronda Rousey as Laura Croft. That would probably make sense because she fucking kicks everyone's ass. Okay. Or like, you know what I mean? It just, I don't know. I get it. But here's, here's my counterpoint to that. Um, You've seen the the most recent episode of Peacemaker and we're going to get into talking about that in a second, but vigilante when he's not in his suit and he's in prison trying to assassinate uh, uh, Peacemaker's father. And he beats up all those guys sitting at the table with him. Like all those guys got at least a hundred pounds on him. And he precisely beats the shit out of them and, 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 and takes them out. Now, I get your point. I do, because like Laura Croft is tiny compared to the big people that she's knocking out. And I, and I think you had a similar complaint about Birds of Prey. But there's there's I, it's conceivable. Like if you learn and study your craft, like Batman's had to learn how to take down Bane. For, for God's sake, like super powered Bane, you know, you could, you could figure it out. Um, if it's, if it's too much, like, like, and, and this is kind of the problem that I, I have sometimes, it, like if I were to make one complaint about rogue one, it's that when Sherry Inway is like beating the stormtroopers with a stick, like how the hell is that knocking them out? Isn't that supposed to be armor? Like, and you just tell yourself, maybe he's just precisely hitting him in the right place in the head. So it's, it's just, that's, I get what you're saying though, but that's, that's my counterpoint to it. We need to touch on Boba Fett a little bit on today's too. Um, oh, 100%. when we get a chance, we are. We but are. Uh, yeah, but uh, yeah, let's let's talk about Peacemaker because um, 
I don't know about you, but I am pleasantly, pleasantly surprised by this show. I actually love this show. I wasn't that like really excited for it, but like I'm, I really like the the vibe of it and the feel. I think John Cena is really doing really well. And I didn't like this. I didn't, not that I didn't like the most recent Suicide Squad, but it didn't really resonate that well with me. I think this is so much better. And they're they're picking up exactly where Suicide Squad left off, right? Several months after, you know, we thought Peacemaker, you know, died at the hands of Bloodsport after he killed Rick Flagg and almost killed Ratcatcher too uh, at the end of the Suicide Squad. So we're here. It's months later. Peacemaker's in a hospital, right? He's he's he survives, and and you're right. This show is really good, and it's it it hasn't done anything that I've uh, of you know been turned away from, right? It's 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 DC at its best. You know, it's basically James Gunn. If he had a chance to do the Guardians of the Galaxy and he was able to do basically beyond PG-13 stuff, right? It's 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 a comic book movie that Disney doesn't have their hand or a comic book show that Disney doesn't have their hands in. So if you're an adult and you want good, good, crude humor, that's still pretty dramatic and pretty well acted. I, I, I think the people in this series are pretty good actors and actresses. Um I'm I'm coming to like the um her her name is it's kind of weird in the show but um Amanda Waller Amanda Waller's daughter the the character that she plays I'm I'm coming to like that character I think she's got something going on with her I think she told and we're jumping all over the place with Peacemaker um but in the most recent episode when she kind of stuck it in Vigilante's ear to go kill Peacemaker's father I think she did that on purpose I think we're going to find out that was a purposeful thing. But um, to your point, James Gunn's doing a really good job with the show. John Cena's, you know, knocking it out of the park is Christmas Peacemaker. I don't know anything outside of what the Suicide Squad and very, very little I read up on Peacemaker. So, I, you know, I'm enjoying the character. I'm loving, loving the DC references throughout the show. Um, they, they, a couple episodes ago, they mentioned Batmite. <laughs> so Batmite is canon in our current DC Extended Universe. Uh, season, the episode four, they mentioned uh, Matter Eater Lad. Is it Ma- Matter Eater Lad that, that John Cena was talking about, which is a super obscure DC villain, a super obscure DC character. So James Gunn is going into like some deep, deep, deep DC lore that he enjoys and he's putting it and making it canon in the DC universe. Um, speaking of canon things, and one of the things that I that I really stuck out to me from the last episode of Peacemaker, and I don't know if you noticed this, when um, Peacemaker goes back to his dad's house and his dad's obviously not there, he got put into jail because the uh, Task Force X uh it covered up an accident that Peacemaker caused much earlier in the series and changed the registration and changed the fingerprints to his father's, you know, tagging the destruction on him, putting him in jail. So Peacemaker's back at home and he walks by the TV that's on and they stare at this story about a gorilla that was stolen from the local zoo. Um, Do you think this could be just a potential door open for gorilla grod i don't know i thought that when i watched it but i almost kind of feel like in these superhero films comic book films alike i don't i feel like there's never there's never anything that's not something you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. everything is something and as you know as you were kind of seeing in in boba fett 
you know, in Star Wars too, they do this a lot with like Easter eggs and references and, uh, you know, something is, when something happens, it usually means something. That's never nothing. So I don't, I could see that playing into maybe the humor of it. We haven't seen Garad in any other form in this universe yet. I didn't the flash my I didn't uh flood the flash mention him at some point or could yeah he said um in one of the movies he knows gorilla sign language yes yes that that was that was a very um you know obscure reference to gorilla grod I think he said that in justice league in in justice league yep yep it was definitely justice league so it is an obscure reference to gorilla grod so we we haven't had him in the dceu the um the Flash CW series had Gorilla Grodd on it, um, and that was a that was whatever it was. But um, it's potential. It, there's there's potential. Maybe maybe it was Gorilla Grodd stealing the stealing the gorilla to make like an army of his own or something, um, which I'm pretty sure there that happened in the comics. So I wouldn't put it past James Gunn to do that. You know, he's taking obscure characters and in implementing them into this peacemaker show, you know, and it's, it's kind of crazy. There's, there's lots of things going on. You know, Harcourt is a pretty interesting character on her own. She's pretty cold and she shot that innocent man just like, just because he saw them and caught them doing things. Um, she's done and seen a lot of shit. She was obviously involved with, uh, the suicide squad and task force X when they went to Corto Maltese and stopped project starfish um and this project butterfly thing the the butterflies in general that's very interesting the ones who are like inhabit certain people in in and a um, cliffhanger that we got at the end of episode four Mern, the one who's leading their expedition to stop the butterflies is indeed a butterfly himself so that's uh interesting um are you in uh, how do you like the character vigilante as I've, I've been enjoying his actual character and I really liked when they explored him more and he got some more screen time in the last episode. I was just going to say, like, I, I actually am really starting to like vigilante that whole scene in prison when he's like fucking with all the, you know, the Nazis. And oh, that was hilarious. Yeah, that was, that was hilarious. I think he is, he's kind of like, kind of reminding me of a Deadpool a little bit. And I, I think his character is really going to blow up. I think he's one of the most interesting characters in the show. He might outshine Cena too. So he might, yeah, he might. And I, I, our introduction to him was was more or less. I mean, we had seen him, and he was starting to follow Peacemaker and the team around. But in the, I believe it was the third episode. Yeah, it was the third episode. Um, Peacemaker was tasked with killing the whole family who was confirmed butterflies, and the guy was telling Cena to kill them. Um, and the, the two of them were kids and peacemaker, you know, just couldn't do it. And he claimed it's because the gun didn't have a, his beacon of freedom on it. And then <laughs> it's just in a, in a very shocking turn of events, vigilante just walked up to him, took the gun and popped the two kids right off in a row, the sniper rifle, and, and then obviously killed the wife and the, the husband survived. I mean, they're all butterflies, but it was very quick and like, cold introduction to who vigilante really is like he's a cold killer and and he's he doesn't just kill like i don't think he's going around killing good people it's it's more of like a peacemaker thing where it's um 
he's not trying to get justice. He's just trying, you know, his justice by way of killing the people who have done bad things. And speaking of which, there was a heavy, heavy mentions to Batman in his rogues gallery in, in the most recent episode. Peacemaker's neighbor was making fun of Peacemaker for not being a superhero because he's not Batman with an array of villains like the Riddler, the Joker, and they even mentioned the Mad Hatter. So I'm liking that. You know, I love that they're bringing the main Justice League characters that we know exist in this universe, like into the limelight. You know, they even made fun of Aquaman a few episodes ago. I love it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he's like, yeah, Cena was like, uh, you want to fuck a man? I'm all right with that. You want to fuck a woman? I'm all right with that. But where I draw the line is where you want to fuck a fish. Now, yeah. I'm not cool with that. That was yeah. hilarious. That was good. That was good. They they have a lot of good humor in it, and and I don't think it goes over the top. This show is a really good balance of humor, you know, funny adult themes, and then it's a really good balance of comic book action and and drama too. So, I'm I'm very much it's it's got me hooked. I'm, I I look forward to it every week. You know, one other thing, and that I was uh, I thought was kind of funny is that that one scene. Where like, um, I think they're in the bus and hardcore is showing them the butterfly pictures of the butterflies and Cena's like, oh man, those are those kids look like butt babies and and she's like, what's a butt baby? It's like it's like kids that are born out of people's butts. And then it got me thinking, uh, you know, now that we know about the phrase butt babies and is are all gingers butt babies? And I was just curious, like, can you tell us more? Like, did you what was it like to be born from a butt? Um, you know, stealth ginger, um, butt babies are, are not a thing as much as you'd like them to be. Um, but it would make sense that you, uh, a Cosentino related to your mother, who I see frequently would be into butt play and ass play because she's into that as well. So, um, it's okay. It's okay for you to be into it. As long as you're not fucking the fish, man, it's all good. So I was not born uh, from a butt. Um, but I think, I think all gingers are born from butts. All right, then you were all too, butt buddy. babies. Uh, no, too. I wasn't. I definitely wasn't. Uh, but you were. See, that's the thing. You know, you know, one of these days we should actually do a DNA test and see if you you hold the ginger gene because I'm pretty sure you do. It looks like you do. If you could grow uh, facial hair, I'm pretty sure it'd be red. Uh, I can grow facial hair and it's definitely not red. Mm, we'll see about that. So when you least expect it, um, I'm going to I'm going to Eric Cartman you and you're going to wake up a ginger. One day you just gonna, I'm just gonna dye your hair. So, well, I wouldn't just be like a, uh, I wouldn't be an authentic ginger uh, because I still have my soul. So that's that's the one flaw in your plan. Let's let's be honest here. You don't have a soul. Uh, come on, we've said some terrible things to each other here. You don't have a soul. If you had a soul, you know it. It, it, it yeah. Okay. We both well, don't have souls. We're going to hell. There's one thing: being born with a soul and losing it because you're a terrible person. Which I could I could definitely you know take responsibility for that, but there's another thing where you're just not born with any sort of soul and you're just con consecrated evil. That's fine. The world's going to be ours when when all of you soulful people are raptured at at, at the end of the world. It's it's just going the the redheads will finally take over. We'll be together. It'll just be gingers everywhere. You know, we'll we'll black out the sun so we can survive longer. And all of our all the grocery stores will be stocked with Mountain Dew bottle caps and uh, chicken and waffles. So we'll be good. We'll be good. That's all right. That's all right. I won't, not to I, mention suntan lotion. Lots of no, suntan lotion. No, we're going to block the sun out for that. No need for that. We're going to walk around like zombies. It's all good. It's all good. We've got plans. You know, the 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 revolution will be redheaded. So. 
So sleep with one eye open, gripping your pillow tight. So that's so that's peacemaker. Okay. Um, and we talk about gingers. I just want to remind everybody, Joss Whedon is not a ginger anymore. I reclaimed his gingerness during this morning's ginger snaps so he can go get fucked. Um, so as we move it along, um, the Batman three hours, can't wait for that. Uh, before we get into Book of Boba Fett, <laughs> Book of Bob Fett, Book of Boba Fett, Bob Fett, uh, let's talk real quick about that Moonlight trailer that dropped. Now, I don't know much about Moonlight. Um, this is the next iteration of Marvel TV. Um, I'm very much interested based on the trailer. It looks good, um, especially if they're going to approach this with like Oscar Isaac's character. Moon Knight has some mental issues that he's dealing with. Like I love the idea of like somebody who struggles with mental health, mental, like a particular mental illness and he uses it for good. Right. I got some Batman vibes out of Moon Knight, but I expected that. So what did you think? I was pleasantly surprised by this. And I feel like, you know, we see with Echo that they're, and even you could say Daredevil too, that they're kind of playing up like maybe the diversity angle that anybody can be a superhero, even if you have a disability, which I think is great. They never really shined a light on somebody with mental illness. And I think they have a real good opportunity here to like, you know, um, do just that. And I was reading into him, uh, Moon Knight a little bit and his his diagnosis is multiple personalities or it's not it used to be called multiple personality disorder but now it's called dissociative identity disorder and basically what that is is that people shift personalities based on you know um, it usually happens when they get really really stressed out and like they'll black out and they'll switch to personalities and basically what moon knight does is that He's he switches personalities given to whatever he's fighting. So he, he decides on which personality is going to be best to fight whatever uh, whatever villain he has in front of him. And it'll be interesting to see. And uh, when I watched the trailer, I was really surprised because Oscar Isaacs is, is just such a great actor and seems very versatile. Even just with the little clip what we got, it just seems like he... he you know, he really channeled somebody who's who's got something wrong. He's got something going on, and I think this is uh this is going to be really a really cool watch. And not only that, this is like the first original Marvel TV show. I mean, all the other Marvel TV shows were kind of playing off of some like people who were already established, but now it's going to be it's 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 like their first new one that they're they're making, and I can't wait to see what they do with it. That's that's a great point. I mean, you can go back and say Daredevil is now MCU because we got uh, Charlie Cox in uh, Spider-Man No Way Home. But but I completely get where you're going. Yeah, because low key, you know, Hawkeye, all those shows, WandaVision that came out, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, they were established characters and they were wrapping up their arcs. They were continuing them on. They were creating and introducing new characters. Um, that's right. So Moon Knight looks good. And, and I've got to give props to Oscar Isaac. Because he's literally like a DC character away from like owning and being like the the you know the poster child for starring in every major franchise, right? So he most recently was in Dune. Um, he is uh, in Apocalypse and X Men. Uh, he obviously Poe Dameron in Star Wars, Moon Knight in the MCU. So why not get him in DC? You know he's 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 got to make a clean sweep, and I'm sure I've missed a few there. Uh, he, but he was he, uh, he was Ivan Ooze in uh, X Men. 
I um I have a news and accent. Yep, Apocalypse though, right? Yeah, he was criticized for looking like Ivan Ooze, who's like oh, a power, oh, power oh, that's right. He was a he was a Power Rangers villain. <laughs> I forgot about that guy. Ivan uh, Ooze was in the he was in the first Power Rangers movie, right? Yeah. Um, I remember that, yeah. Speaking of Power Rangers, there was an interesting reference of Power Rangers in one Bob Fett. Oh my god. So episode three of Book of Boba Fett. Now as we transition into the book of Bob Fett, um I I love this show. I do as a Star Wars fan. Give it a solid seven out of ten. And um, and I, I don't give it a 10 out of 10 because it hasn't blown us away, but it hasn't underwhelmed me either. I've been very invested and I've been enjoying the story of Boba Fett. Right. So what we've seen is we've seen him, you know, survive the Sarlacc pit. He got his armor taken away from the Jawas. He was rescued. Well, sort of rescued by the Tusken Raiders. He was brought back to life by the Raiders. He suffered sun poisoning. He was kept alive by the Raiders and then he showed his worth. He became one of the clan. Um, they, they got him back up. They gave him a Bantha. He made a stick. He left them. And, uh, he obviously, when he was talking to the Pikes, he, he learned that another syndicate was already offering something to the Pikes. And then he went back to the Raiders. They were torched. So he's obviously on his own. Now this is his time after getting out of the Sarlacc pit because the show does bounce around between timelines. And I, I don't know. I've heard some people complain that that they think it should go in chronological order, like straight from the Sarlacc all the way to his time as the Daimo of Tattoo or of uh, Moss Espa. But but that's OK. I, I, I really don't have a problem with how they're doing this. And I said this on Jedi Talk. I just hope we're done with the flashbacks. I want to be in the Mandalorian timeline. I want to be in, you know, the five, six years, whatever, after Return of the Jedi that we see Boba Fett's the Daimo. You know, this is post Luke saving Grogu from um the dark troopers and you know moff gideon so and we see boba fett with fennec shan as the crime lord daimo on at moss espa so we we've gotten a lot in this show right and i'm and i'm recapping because we haven't talked much about it on fourth mother box but black kersantan who's known as kersantan now in the show who i'm loving this fucking character i didn't know much about him before he was introduced and then i learned about him as a as a wookie who fought in the pit um, we, we've been introduced to this character in the second or third episode, I believe it was the second episode. Um, and then he was eventually, uh, came back and attacked Boba Fett as he was sleeping in the back to tank, which he's, which Boba's finally done with. He said in the last episode that he's full, uh, fully healed. And so we won't see him, um, dreaming in the back to tank anymore, um, and getting viciously woken up and potentially probes poked into his asshole by Kersantan. That's neither here nor there. So he was attacked by Kersantan. He was saved. Um, and in that same episode, he picked up a bunch of like half droids, half humans who are, has joined his crew. Uh, but yes, I, I, I will make mention of the clear as day Power Rangers scene that that bike chase was that, you know, first off, those speeders, they're all different colors. They just don't look like they belong on Tatooine. Right? Wouldn't you agree, Kyle? Yeah, when I watched that scene, it just felt like it it didn't have a place in Star Wars. And I think it's great that they're really expanding on this universe. But it, it, just the aesthetics of the way they looked just for some reason didn't fit. It didn't feel like Star Wars to me. It felt like something out of, um, I don't know. It, it, yeah, it, just, it kind of felt like maybe something out of a Back to the Future movie if they like, went yeah. to the future yeah. and they... They saw like what people were driving. They would be driving these Vespas and it, 
you know, it it's not that that was the biggest deal in the world. I mean, uh, I don't know. I mean, I think the rest of the show is doing really well, really well. It's keeping my interest. I think as I was kind of like texting you, you know, the, the Star Wars shows kind of demand a lot from you. And it's it's interesting to listen to you guys on Jedi Talk because there's so much there's so much going on and so much history that just plays into this. And um, I I took the liberty of rewatching uh, Solo because I didn't I only watched it once and that was in the theater. And when I rewatched it, I learned about the Pike uh, syndicate and the Crimson Dawn. And because I remember Brad was talking about this, like, who the fuck is the Crimson Dawn? Like, I don't remember any of that. And then when I watched Solo, it like put a lot of pieces together. And I'm so glad that I did because like you guys were talking about like this is probably going to play into you know boba fett i mean we're probably going to see probably going to see kira maybe a han solo at some point i know we're not sure if we're going to see like an, a de-aged harrison ford or like a maybe an aged up um alden ehrenreich um i don't know i mean i think that's that's going to be so cool to see like i i can't wait to see how the rest of this this season plays out I think it's really holding its own. I'm I'm really satisfied with it so far. I really like it. Me too. Uh, there's there's you're right. There's so much going on at any given point. You know, we just recently got to the point in the story that we knew Boba walked up and saved Fennec Shan because of the second season of Mandalorian. Um, so we got to the point of them getting the uh, getting. I'm gonna say getting Slave One back, uh, which Boba just called his fire spray gunship. He didn't say that was technically the name. It was like the type of name in that episode, but whatever. I'm over it. I don't care anymore. That, like, like you said, the show is doing a good job of keeping us really interested. So he's got Slave One back. He mowed down those um, that that biker gang. I, I can't remember the name of that that syndicate, but he, he just basically torched them down as they were um, flying on the on the sands of Tatooine. That was an, such an epic moment, such a cool moment for Boba. Like, people were bitching they didn't get, like, shooting people in the face, Boba. Like, there you go. There's your Boba Fett that you wanted that's ruthless, right? And this is this is a character who's who's got a new lease on life after surviving the Sarlacc pit and, and, you know, getting away from his adopted family of the Tusken Raiders who died tragically. So it's it's you have to understand that. And, and he's being the type of crime lord that he wants to be, right? You know, Jabba the Hutt's dead. He was visited by the cousins of Jabba the Hutt, um, who made mention of another syndicate being involved in all of this. And that's where Crimson Dawn, I think, comes into play. I really I feel more like we're going to get a Kira uh, reference or at least appearance. Yeah, go ahead. Let me say that, you know, rewatching Solo, I again, I don't remember anything about that. But one, I don't I still to this day, I don't understand why that that film got as much hate as it did. I mean, not only did we get to see like another film with like, I'm not going to say that, you know, Alden and Aaron Reich was Han Solo, but I mean, he played Han Solo. So you got another episode of Han Solo. It's always great to see Chewie, but then you got the return of one Darth Maul at the end. And it just leaves you fucking hanging at the end of the film. And I'm like, you're going to bring back Darth Maul. And then you're not going to like follow up on that. That's kind of bullshit. But I do feel like we we're probably going to see either him in, in this show, which would be really fucking cool. Um, or like even Kira. I mean, like, I yeah, I can't wait. Maul, like hold I, on. Maul's dead already in this timeline. 
Um, so, is he though? So, yeah, 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 he is. He, he 100 is. Maul, Maul's story ended. Um, so Solo obviously takes place after the rise of the Empire, after Revenge of the Sith. I, I, I don't know how many years it is post that. Maybe like five, six years, something like that. You know, the Empire is strong. You know, Han even joins the Imperial Army for a little bit. The scene that they cut out, and there's there's, there's comic books about him and another Imperial um, stormtrooper who like he saves and defects and becomes a bounty hunter, but so um maul's alive then obviously because we see him at the end this is post clone wars so this is post him fighting with ahsoka he's this is after the siege of mandalore he's taking control of crimson dawn in the shadows um and then after that in rebels we see him again on malachor i believe it's malachor i could be really wrong but he's he's at a sith temple that ezra bridger and ahsoka are um you know, exploring, they're 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 looking for something. Um, this is where they find out when Maul actually has possession of the dark saber. I believe this is when Sabine Wren takes it too. Uh, but I have to go back and watch Rebels. And then Maul eventually shows back up in Rebels, and he's he's looking for Kenobi. He's looking for Obi Wan Kenobi because he wants to he wants revenge for you know Obi Wan cutting him in half. And they eventually fight on Tatooine, and Obi Wan makes quick work of him. Um, and he's he's for sure dead. Like like the scene, the way they played it out, Darth Maul is dead. There's there I I just don't. I mean I wouldn't be wouldn't put it past them from saying he might be alive, but just his story arc, the what he's been through when you put it all together, like that was a fitting ending for Darth Maul. Was that that was on Rebels when that happened, or was that comic book? Nope, Rebels. That was that that was Rebels. The wow. scene like the scene itself is beautiful because when he finds Obi-Wan, you know, he, he ignites his, his sabers against, against Obi-Wan Kenobi. And then Obi-Wan gets into his old school fighting stance. Like, like when he was in the clone wars as a soldier. And then he, he realized like, you see it in his eyes. He's like, Oh, that didn't work the first time I fought, fought Maul. So he get, he got into like his, like a more, his, the old Ben Kenobi stance with his lightsaber. And then, um, Obi-Wan was prepared when Darth Maul went to hit him with the same move that he basically set up to kill Qui-Gon Jinn. Obi-Wan was ready for it. He blocked it. And then he, he attacked Maul at the right second and like killed him. It, it's, it's beautiful writing. Like Dave Filoni should, is just him and Favreau right, right now, especially should just are, are on top of a, of a high, high mountain when it comes to Star Wars. It's just so well done. Interesting. So there's, there's five syndicates, crime syndicates in kind of like the Star Wars galaxy, or is that just Tatooine? Um, get, well, Crimson Dawn is beyond Mos Espa and Tatooine. So it's, it's definitely the Star Wars galaxy and the Pikes have been elsewhere. So yeah, that's, that's the syndicates in the galaxy that we know of. So there's the other three have, have not been talked about. I'm not too familiar with them, with the ones outside of the Pikes and the, um, uh, the, uh, uh, Crimson Dawn, the Transdotians who were sitting down at the table as well. Uh, would make sense that they have a, a crime syndicate because they're kind of shady people. Like, remember in the scene when Kersantin was just sitting down, just getting, just drinking, and just like looking at those Transdotians who were having fun at, at, at like the poker table or, or whatever they were doing, and he just kept getting more pissed and pissed and pissed. That is a deep cut reference to because the Transdotians are on a planet that's near Kashyyyk, and they used to hunt Wookiees for sport. 
Uh, so Kersantin, obviously, he knows this. So he's just getting pissed and pissed and pissed watching these Transdotians have fun. And that's why he gets up and decides to rip the arm off of that one before leaving with Boba Fett. Uh, I want to say that not only does uh, Black Kersantin look like a really pissed off Bishan Freeze, like he is just a fucking badass, like easily one <laughs> of my favorite characters on the show. He, he just fucks everybody's shit up. Like, what a great character. I'm so happy that they, they wrote a character like him. They need more Wookiee characters. It's really cool to see. Yeah, I love it. And and if if we get Han, like people like Brad and and you and has suspected and we've talked about on Jedi Talk and we just talked about now if we get Han. Um real quick before I talk about potentially getting Chewie. If you were to pick and you're you're the biggest Han Solo fan that I know and obviously you you love Harrison Ford, you're a big Indiana Jones guy, what would you rather see if we got a Luke Skywalker moment in Book of Boba Fett with Han Solo? What would you rather see, an aged up Alden or a de-aged Harrison Ford? It's such a hard question to answer because I love Harrison Ford, Indiana Jones, obviously one of my favorite movies of all time, and I loved him as Han Solo. You know, so at first I would I would pick him, but then going to Alden Ehrenreich, um, that it would make more sense for him to be a part of it if they had Kira because you know they have chemistry together. But again, like I, I could almost see them going either way. I don't know. I would probably ju- I would probably vote for Harrison Ford just because it's Harrison fucking Ford, and we're not going to get too many more times where we see him. And um, but if I had to, if I had to, that would be who I'd want. But if I had to guess. It would probably be Alden Ehrenreich because that that would again, you know, the chemistry part of it, and it it leaves the door open for him to come back. Whereas Harrison Ford is knocking on eighty, he's not going to have too many more opportunities to do that. That's a good point. That's a great point. Yeah, I, I mean, I really haven't thought. I mean, I'll be happy either way because it's Han Solo, right? Uh, and that that we get one character or the other. And, he would bring probably bring Chewie with him if if this is before Chewie is chilling back on Kashyyyk before they get back together in the sequel trilogy and we see them together. So um, and as we kind of close up the talk today and close up on the book of Bob Fett, um, we haven't even talked about the moment that gave me chills at the end of episode four of Book of Boba Fett is oh, when yeah. Fennec, yeah, Fennec and Boba Fett were talking together at the top of his palace, looking out at the at the crime lords walking away, you know, leaving. You know, they basically, Boba's basically said, we're going to need more muscle. We're going to need, you know, more people. You know, where the hell do we look? And Fennec Shan was like, well, and, and I don't remember the exact line, but she was basically like, if you had the right money or the right, you know, with the right money, you could buy the right people, the right protection. And then on cue, it was perfectly done. The Mandalorian's theme music played. And it just it got chills as they panned out because, you know, Din Djarin, the Mandalorian is coming. So and don't forget, Kyle, this is the one Mandalorian who wields the dark saber. So the dark saber should be attached to his hip and and and, you know, coming along with him once he eventually shows up on this show. So so much there's there's they've definitely set this up for and I think there's three more episodes. Um, Shit. Shit's going to it's going to be crazy gonna hit the fan i can't wait yep yep it's gonna be it's gonna be fucking lit uh so yeah that's that 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 about wraps us up for today 
thank you. You guys have been great. We've been the fourth mother box. We've got lots to talk about in the future as we get closer to the Batman. Obviously, Peacemaker episodes each and every week. Um, we haven't even talked about Superman and Lois yet, um, but I will I will catch up to them. But um, Kyle, leave us leave us with a spoiler for next week. Um, we'll we'll definitely talk about Superman and Lois next week. But but who do you think that this villain is that's going to eventually show up on the show? And that's where we'll kind of leave it today. Okay, uh, real quick before I say that, I'm just scrolling yes. through Facebook and. I saw a post that says the Flash film will reportedly erase 2017's version of the Justice League and will make Zack Snyder's Justice League as canon. I like it. Um, and if we buy it a pick, I mean, it's if anybody's has you have you watched these two episodes yet? I have not, but 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 I'm I'm okay with you spoiling it because with Superman and Lois, I could be spoiled and still go back and enjoy it. Well, in the episode. The two episodes, there's there's these tremors that keep happening and that keeps fucking with Superman in some way. Like he sees visions and he's like, it really it looks like he's in pain and there's something below coming. And I I 100 percent believe that it is one doomsday. Ooh, OK. Damn, so that, that'd be awesome. You, you see this like the shadow of some big look monster looking thing and you hear like you know it roar and it's like fucking people up so i i hope this is smallville's uh you know a redo for smallville because if if you ever watch smallville in the whole doomsday season it was a fucking terrible idea so the way they implement it was terrible it's just like they weren't ready to do that and not in that time period now they are so i hope they do it right well, don't don't have your hopes up. You know, this is this is the CW. So um, maybe and and I haven't even watched any of Superman Lois, so I have no idea if they touched on this yet. But obviously um, the what's his name's daughter came back. Right. And she came down from like a spaceship. So maybe Doomsday yep. followed. Maybe Doomsday followed. Who knows? Well, he, he's coming from Earth, like the middle of the Earth or something. So. Oh, OK. I don't know. Or not the middle of the Earth, but like deep below. So. Well, I guess we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, I can't wait but, to catch up and wait and see. But um, as as we wrap up, uh, do you have any final thoughts and words of wisdom for us there, Kyle, as we wrap up today's I, show? I do, I do have some great words of wisdom, and I think you're going to especially like it. So my words of wisdom today are, Josh, Josh, Josh Whedon, fuck you. <laughs>